Well, we told you that um, today, Tuesday, 8 a.m. Eastern time, we'd speak with our Dr. Josh Joseph, and he is standing by as the Orthodox Union has announced that it has appointed Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, one of the country's most dynamic Jewish communal leaders, as its executive vice president and chief operating officer. Rabbi Dr. Joseph will work alongside the OU's recently appointed executive vice president, Rabbi Moshe Hauer, in leading the organization. And uh, we've had a couple of revelations ever since this development. Number one, uh, I have heard from multiple people ever since it became even more clear uh, based on our promotion of this conversation, uh, that we have a wonderful relationship with her by Dr. Josh Joseph. I've heard from many people who feel the same way, uh, like we do, that he is an absolutely incredible person and just a wonderful uh, addition for the OU and a uh, and, and, and such a fantastic friend. Um, a lot of people who wrote into me by email had experiences uh, many of which were similar to experience I've had with her by Dr. Josh Joseph over the last decade and a half. The second thing we found out is that the OU is led by a bunch of geniuses, frankly, because this is a uh, <laughs> this is not only an appropriate, but it's a brilliant choice for the organization going forward. Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum Siegel, with that kind of introduction, I think the only thing I can say is. In conclusion, thanks for having me on the show. Wow, I don't think I've been referred to as Rabbi Doctor that many times by anybody, even including my mother. She's very proud of me. I'm sure she is, as are so many people, and it's wonderful to call you a friend, and we've had some amazing times together up at Yeshiva University. We spent over uh, 16 years um, and uh, accomplished so much, and now, as I said, in the year 2020, the OU has done something brilliant, in my opinion, and that is to bring you in as the next, starting September the 1st, uh, the next person who will hold the titles of Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. Um, and before we get to to the plans at the OU, and I can only imagine the visions that you have, knowing how creative and how much of a visionary you are, uh, let's talk a little bit about the past. Uh, I mean, this has got to be one of the strangest ways for a veteran at a really prominent organization and institution uh, to wrap up his career. I mean, the moment <laughs> this all started back in March, and of course I'm referring to COVID-19, it seems, at least from our vantage point, that, you know, for, based on what we've been told, that you've essentially been quarterbacking the entire situation up at Yeshiva University. How strange is it to wrap up with an episode like this? Well, um, you know, just to be clear, in terms of quarterback, I didn't have a deal like Pat Mahomes guy yesterday. So <laughs> it was a different kind of quarterbacking. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, it, it was, it's kind of crazy. I, I was speaking about it the other day with Rabbi Berman. He sent me an email. We were both in transit uh, about February 26th saying, you know, what do you think about this COVID situation? Uh, and from there, we started getting a group of people together planning uh, what we might do, and it, it was an incredible team, of course, uh, under the leadership of Rabbi Berman, um, and then, you know, just the, the, the whole team at YU coming together. We, we basically, on, uh, on March 2nd, when we got a call from the governor uh, saying that we had a student uh, who tested positive, from that moment we opened a, a Teams meeting, a Microsoft Teams meeting that was live and online literally for, for a couple months. Uh, with, with 30, 40 different people being involved in, in different stages, and including the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, we were able to prevent 
spread um, by by getting out ahead of it, by by being in touch with the doctors, by being in touch with uh, with the government and with with, uh, with our of course our Roshi Yeshiva uh, guiding us, and um, you know Baruch Hashem putting health and safety first of, of everybody uh, at YU um, and beyond. And so uh, so it's been a pretty crazy ride. I, I really was not focused on anything else other than. You know those kinds of things, Corona-related, health-related, uh, closing down, now reopening. Emir uh, Tashem, hopefully to open up in, in the fall, um, and that's really been on my mind most of the time. And then, you know, I started getting these phone calls from friends, um, you know, present company included. Hey, would you think about? What do you think about this? Uh, and you know, I, I, I probably, frankly, ignored uh, them at the beginning, but it just became more and more clear as we were going through things that um, even though I was entrenched and in the middle of uh, very important conversations at Yeshiva University, uh, that there was an opportunity to sort of grow from the Yeshiva University family and, and move forward and um, go to our, our cousins, as it were, at the OU. Yeah, no question. That's a good way of putting it. Um, a couple of technical things, because there's so many people, especially people like myself, parents of Yeshiva University students, who are so curious. If And I know all the hypotheticals are impossible to answer. I get it. But if, if things do remain the way they are right now in New York, and you know what that means. It means the curve be, basically being down you know, toward the bottom where it is right now. Uh, do you anticipate real in-person classes and a real campus experience for Stern and YU next year, or... You'd only say 50-50 at this point, and it's really impossible to say. Well, Rabbi Berman announced uh, our plan last week. He released a long document with lots of details. Uh, and, of course, those are still shifting and moving around. And what's going on in, in Israel, obviously, is on, on top of our minds. What's right. going on in Florida and Texas uh, is also on our minds. Right. Um, but our plan has been, you know, we, we scenario planned a number of different situations. And, and the one that sort of took the lead was the notion of not bringing back people in person in August, right. but waiting until after Yuntif. Uh So that people aren't flying multiple times, people aren't being exposed, going back home, back coming back to school, and so on and so forth, and wait till after Sukkot in order for people to be live and in person. And that's still the going, um, the going strategy uh, that, that we're, we're focused on, is that starting October 12th, uh, to have people back on campus and uh, to start up classes again. Not everything will be live, we're going to have to um, do things both synchronously as well as asynchronously online, certainly for our international students, for others who may have health concerns, uh, and, and so on, uh, to be able to have that kind of hybrid situation set up for them to be able to continue um, their studies uh, or begin their studies, as it were. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that is still the going, the going plan. But as you said, um, and as Rabbi Berman has, has announced, you know, sort of his dimmer switch, um, we're going to have to... Mm-hmm continue to play things by ear and continue to plan uh, as uh, as we have been doing and as I will be doing as I get off this phone call uh, this morning <laughs> to, to think about all the different uh, all the different possibilities that, that we need to so, uh, so on right. so online study would start at the end of August beginning of September right it would just be a matter Correct. of getting yeah. to the real campus August experience 20, later on August 26th classes begin right. uh, and that will be you know remote online learning um, and then um, Again, like we said, hopefully uh, by uh, October 12th, 13th after Yuntif, uh, be people coming back onto campus, into the dorms. Right. And, you know, we, obviously with all of our doctors and our medical advisors uh, and, of course, government <laughs> permitting, um, that we'll be, uh, we'll be live and in person. 
Uh, and with all this COVID, uh, with all the with the entire COVID situation going on, it even took your attention away from Yeshiva University basketball. That's how drastic this has been, Rabbi Doctor Josh Joseph. That it, it literally uh, in the month of March, when things were really exciting, and when we you know we we were following the developments of our favorite basketball team so closely, it even took away some of your attention from that. That's how how much you were drowning in the whole COVID nineteen situation. So we had a little side bet going on to see how long into the conversation it takes you to bring up uh, Max basketball. Um, I think this is the longest in our in our history of my being on the show. It actually probably is. It actually probably is. Good point. I, um, I went quite a while. With, I was talking with Coach Steinmetz the other day, and I know you've had him on the show a number of times, and you know he sort of remarked uh, about uh, the the season coming up, hopefully. Um, and we, we still don't know, right? It's still, still not clear from the NCAA exactly what will be. Um, but uh, you're marked that the team even has the chance to, to continue to grow and be better this year. So oh. hopefully exciting things coming up for the team uh, this year. And we're sort of, uh, on the one hand, sad we, did, we didn't get to see the end of the last season. But um, on the other hand, we're still in the middle of a winning streak. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep going with that. Correct. And they have won their most recent game, which is most important. All right, Dr. Josh Joseph with us. By the way, you made a point earlier, which I really want to emphasize. Um, and, and believe me, we'll get to the OU in a minute. I just want to, I just want to say that when it comes to YU, people don't realize just how many Jewish communities around the world you are connected to. You mentioned Texas, Florida, etc. I mean, so many states in this union and so many countries around the world send students physically send students to YU and their schools every single year. And obviously that makes things even more complicated, especially as we see what's going on in the rest of the country right now. So there are so many considerations. This is not, you know, there, there are a lot of good local schools and a lot of good programs out there. You know, you have a lot of colleagues that, uh, that do some interesting and nice things. But when it comes to, you know, serving the international Jewish community from a base in Washington Heights and New York City, uh, nothing compares to YU. So that whole element of students from everywhere is certainly going to be a big consideration moving forward in this situation. Absolutely. Look, I mean, you're talking about probably a thousand people coming from the, what we call out of town, right? So, uh, beyond the tri-state area, uh, who come to, uh, who come to YU on a, on an annual basis. And that's, uh, that's a tremendous number of people and instances. Um, and we have to care about every single one of them. Um, and that's before you even start talking about our graduate schools, which obviously are, uh, you know, international and and uh, and so on. So uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, it's an international, uh, beyond a national, it's an international organization. And the whole Israel piece. There's so much to talk about. The Orthodox Union, as appointed by Dr. Josh Joseph, one of the country's most dynamic Jewish communal leaders, is executive vice president and chief operating officer. And I love the transition. You called the OU cousins uh, to the organization that's been so dear to you, YU, for all these years. And I think it's such an appropriate way of putting it, and it's certainly the way we feel, because you know that the uh, that both organizations to us are so key, so vital, and so beloved. Um, it, it must be heartwarming not just to know a lot of people at the OU. Obviously, you know a lot of people that are in uh, you know important positions and who are leading great uh, great departments at the OU. But in addition to that, the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva University, so many of them are actual OU either. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to just simply say staff members, but but people, you know, halachic decisors and people that are leaned upon uh, by the OU when it comes to decisions 
regarding Jewish communal life, especially as we've seen over the last few months during COVID-19. That must be very heartwarming for you to make this move and really to still be under the umbrella of those great Torah giants. It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, I was uh, blessed to join Rabbi Hauer uh, and uh, Alan Fagan and, and Moish Bain at, at a gathering of uh, OU uh, professionals and the staff members the other day, and just on the on the Zoom, it was a gathering on, on, on Zoom, just, just seeing who was there uh, from... Uh, from Rabbi Menachem actually does uh, Rabbi Rashiva Wayu, who's obviously a focal partner and an integral piece of what goes on at the OU. Uh, and then in, in the next box over from from him uh, was Rebbe Shoshana Shachter, who's been a part of my life. Her and her her husband Moreno of uh, Shachter, uh, who are still guiding lights for me uh, personally as well as professionally. Um, and, and you know their involvement at the OU and just so on and so forth. To be able to continue with so many of my rabbeim and guides and mentors, um, like I said, you know, it, it, it's uh, the, the family. Uh, it overlaps. There's yeah, no question about it. That's for sure. Uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, I, I will tell you, uh, I've been amazed about meeting some of the people at the OU who, who I didn't know or didn't know well, and, and some of the things that they're doing, and, and just uh, it's really, it's a remarkable organization that I thought I knew. I really thought I knew it until I started to really do my due diligence here in the last last little while, uh, and just to uncover it. And, and it's things that you sort of know, Nachum. Like, you know, if I say them to you, you're like, oh, yeah, right, of course, I know right. what that is. But, you know, people start asking me, so what, what, is, what is the OU? You know, and I start to talk about NCSY. Oh, yeah, right, okay. And you start to talk about JLIC, and you start to talk about Yachad. You start to talk about the Teach Coalition and OU Advocacy, and now the new programs over the summer uh, that, that have started up, community, and so on and so forth. And I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to be able to say, to say all of them. Uh, you know, the new Aldaf digital platform and uh, our, our women's initiative and so on and so forth. It, it's really kind of amazing, uh, the many, many lives that are touched and, and the magic moments that inhere the experiences. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say the list is impressive and the list is endless. And there's certain, I mean, there's certain uh, specific ones I want to discuss with you. But go ahead, finish your thought, then I'll do that. So, you know, um, I'm not sure how much you're supposed to say in public. So uh, they'll tell me after the call what I said and didn't say. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if not for NCSY, I don't think it's likely that we're having this conversation, me and you, here today. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, you were cool. my counselor. You were my, you, you know, you were counselor at Morishaw, no question. I give you credit for that. Um, but, you know, I went on a trip with NCSY called Jolt right. to Eastern Europe and then to Israel. And at the end of that trip, my counselor, I had the great Moshe Cook who was on the trip too, but one of my counselors, Rabbi Ben Sion Scheinfeld, oh. introduced me to Ravaren Lichtenstein Zatzal, um, and he invited me to come attend uh, his yeshiva in, in Israel. And I made the decision on the phone with my parents with the, with the you know, sort of the dreaded conversation <laughs> over the line you know, with, with the white noise. Hey, mom and dad, uh, I'm thinking about staying in Israel. Uh, and I was able to defer uh, college and um, end up in yeshiva in Israel. And, and it led to, uh, on the whole, four years spent at the Gush. And um, I, I'm, I'm really not sure that the... The, the arc of my life 
the, the track that it would have taken would have been the same without an incredibly impactful NCSY program called Jolt that really, you know, changed the arc of my uh, of my life and career. Unbelievable. So a Jolt kid can become a Gush guy and a four year <laughs> and a four year Gush guy. That's pretty Something amazing. Like that. that is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, there there are certain things that are so impressive about what the OU does. I mean, you, you, the Jolt is one of the summer programs, so that you know we could certainly give them a shout out. Uh, you know, in, in a typical, I mean, in every year, and I'm sure this summer as well, they'll certainly be effective to whatever point they can be with the re- restrictions. Uh, but in a, in a typical year, it's off the charts. Uh, but there are a couple of things we've spoken about recently here on this show that I just have to mention to you. The, the JLIC piece, you know, when you look at modern Jewish history on college campuses, there have been a lot of really, really good efforts, some by people you've worked really well with over the years, to increase and to enhance Jewish campus life around this country. Some really great efforts. I mean, we could start with Hillel and Chabad, but there are others as well. I didn't think there's a place for JLIC and the OU on these campuses. And then you meet these couples and find out what they're doing, and they are absolute superstars. It's all about the talent. It's all about the people that you know, you're know you sending out there. And the amount of talent out there, and we could say this about many departments, including NCSY, which I always do, the amount of talent out there that you are now surrounded by is simply remarkable. And I hope, believe me, I hope these colleges, if for no other reason, besides all the other reasons you want COVID-19 to end, uh, if these couples can get back into their positions and start to influence Jewish kids in all these college campuses uh, around the country would be amazing. And I'm sure you're as impressed as I am. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what, you're right, whether it's JLIC or NCSY or Yachad and so on and so forth, the pipeline of personnel, of professionals, of the growing professionals, developing uh, counselors, and so on and so forth, that exists at the OU is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Really and, and you know th- that also connects with uh, with our with our YU with my YU past. There's a lot of YU uh, overlap with the OU, and just the number of people and the quality of the people uh, who are involved in all the different programs. It, it's truly remarkable, uh, and it's one of the great blessings. You know, I. I just uh, spoke with the commentator um, and the observer, uh, the, the YU student papers, uh, just at the end of last week. And I told them, you know, one of the things I'm really going to miss is the students. Um, but I guess, in a way, I'm not, right? Because a lot of them are <laughs> still involved gonna, in all them. kinds of different ways, and I'm <laughs> going to meet all kinds of new and different kinds of students as well. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that, <laughs> uh, uh, that opportunity as well. Uh, the other thing is, you know, when, when the whole advocacy department, you know, the OU and what they're doing in Washington, et cetera, and not just Washington, but in state capitals around the country as well, when, when it all started, especially the issue of, um, of tuition and the tuition situation, uh, in the in the, our community, so many government officials. I'm talking about local. So many government officials who know how the game is played, who know how things work in this country, were so negative about the possibilities of the OU or anybody leading an effort like this and being successful. And they outlined for me exactly why. Here's what's going to happen, and here you know will be the next step, and here's where it will end. Here is where it will now go no further. And all the OU has done in that department is quietly, and when necessary, not so quietly, uh, gone ahead, advocated, formed amazing coalitions, both with non-Jewish uh, uh, partners and with uh, you know different states around the country, meaning meaning groups that they form, grassroots groups around the states uh, in, in this country. And and look what's happened. I mean, a, a complete, complete change. Even if we're not at the point where we want to be yet, just a complete change in the attitude 
toward the support of, of private schools the way public schools are supported and the support of private school parents the way public school parents are supported. And I am telling you, when this whole effort started, there, the majority of people in our community felt it was a complete waste of time and resources, and look how far it's come. Yeah, it's really, again, the, the word I keep coming back to is remarkable yeah. uh, or, or magical. I'm not even sure. You know, look, I, I didn't fully appreciate how much the OU serves as the voice of American Orthodox Jewry. Uh, I, I didn't understand the breadth and depth of its synagogue network. And, you know, I'm still only scratching the surface of understanding what it means to be an umbrella organization uh, for such a diverse American Orthodox Jewry. Uh, and being at the forefront of addressing issues like, you know, tuition, uh, the, the work Nathan Diamond does in, in Washington, D.C., or, yeah. or Maury uh, uh, Litwack with the Teach Coalition, and, and so many different people. Uh, it, it's really remarkable what, what goes on with the, you know, advocacy and the coalition. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, I, you probably know as much about it as, as I do at this point, but the, the notion of being involved uh, at every level of the community, with the community needs, uh, it's just uh, I'm really looking forward to that opportunity. You know, my Spain, your president, uh, once uh, uh, sat with me on a Shabbos afternoon, and we discussed. And I'm not going to compare because there's no reason to bring in any any negative things about how some organizations work. But he described how the OU under his leadership has gone ahead and tried to become as inclusive as possible. And that's always a tricky thing, and it's always a, you know, it's a nice term to be thrown around. Everyone wants to always be regarded as inclusive. But the reality is that as the umbrella spreads and as more people feel welcome in the Jewish world, feel welcome uh, under the OU umbrella, uh, the, the organization just continues to expand and expand more and more. And, and that's, I think you'd agree, that's a really tricky thing to do, especially these days where people seem to be a little bit more acute in their thinking and, and sometimes people become more narrow when it comes to moving forward. It's sometimes hard to watch an organization grow and get bigger and at the same time be as inclusive as possible. And I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, certainly. I think that that is, uh, that is definitely one of the opportunities for the OU, and certainly, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the, one of the challenges, where, where are you trying to draw lines and where are you not trying to draw lines? Where are you trying to extend, uh, you know, your reach and your, your support and your service? And I think that that is where, you know, we have to focus our energies uh, and entertain possibilities, is, is where we can continue uh, to be supportive uh, of uh, different populations and, and you know, sort of different needs across those those various populations. You know, we we talked about you know Corona times and Mir Tashem. We we will get through them, um, but Tzarei Amcha Merubim. There's a lot of need out there right oh, now. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, and and if we can define ourselves more broadly to meet those needs, uh, to provide the services that our community and communities. Uh, the growing community and the growing needs um, that they that they require. Uh, I, I think we have our hands full. I think we have our hands full of opportunities, uh, and we will uh, continue to try together with you know as you mentioned, Moish Bain, who's been a, a guide and mentor to me, and the incredible um, uh, Rabbi Rabbi Hauer, who frankly I did not even know until I started getting involved in this process, and he is he is a phenomenal. Mensch, uh, emotionally intelligent, 
somebody who I already look forward to spending time with, and I already have spent a lot of time with him and, and uh, getting to know him further. Um, and uh, really, it's been it's been an incredible uh, partnership already that I'm looking forward to. And, and you know, his guidance, his rabbinic leadership, uh, his communal orientation. I'm truly looking forward to uh, to be able to follow him and yeah. work with him. I know him, and he's right up your alley, frankly. Uh, all right, Dr. Josh Joseph, incoming executive vice president, chief operating officer at the OU. What advice did Alan Fagan give you? Why are you using the past tense? Oh, he's still I mean, giving you advice? First of, all, <laughs> first of all, Alan, I know, predating my YU times and his OU times, going back to a little organization called the Orthodox Caucus uh, that, that I ran for a couple years back in the early aughts. And, um, you know, he's been a guide to me for a long time. And we were, we were talking uh, last week, and I asked him to build a, a course uh, really, of everything that he's done, really the incredible accomplishments at the at the OU uh, over the last six years, and uh, you know the, the the change and the growth, and so you know that those learnings are ongoing, and I hope will continue to be ongoing uh, going forward. Um, and again, th- that is where you know when, where I get some of my lessons about the breadth and depth of the institution or the organization. Yeah. Um, coming from a lot of conversations with him, and I, and I really hope to be able to continue to grow and learn from him here going forward. Oh, he has been uh, an amazing leader. We're big fans of his, and um, we wish him well. Six amazing years at the OU. Uh, so by Dr. Josh Joseph, um, one of the challenges when you come into an organization that seems to be doing everything <laughs> is is figuring out what else needs to be done and what the future brings. Is there anything yet? I know you don't take over officially till September the first, but is there anything yet that uh, that you, as you observe what's going on at the OU, say to yourself, you know what? I'd love to implement this or this. Well, I think we've got to bring in a basketball team, right? Isn't that uh... <laughs> yes? Now we're talking. That was what was missing. <laughs> Not sure who we're going to play, but uh, you know, we'll get an alumni team together. Um, you know, it, I, I think it's way too early for me to to really have a sense. Uh, of what is going to be new horizons, and especially as we are still uh, reacting to our, our surroundings uh, around us, you know, I, I think one of the one of the keys here is going to be uh, understanding just what the needs are of the community in a, a changed world, uh, unprecedented times. Mm, uh, what our community is going to need, whether you know, from a mental health perspective physical health perspective, uh, financially. Um, there are just so many that social order. I mean, just think about people working from home. What does parenting mean today? Uh, what do family relationships mean today? Uh, husband and wife, um, you know, extended family, taking care of each other uh, when you can't necessarily travel or you can't necessarily get to people uh, when, when you have health concerns. So there are so many... Um, so many points here for us to, to ponder about what our future is going to be like. I think it's um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a true test of our of our abilities to to react. Uh, you know, I, I've tried to say uh, since COVID started uh, every morning uh, include the Akeda in my davening, wow. and um, you know one of the things at the end I mentioned this to, to to the OU group last week. One of the things at the end, the Malach, the angel comes out and and, and you know blesses Avraham, as it were, for, for listening. And I always 
sort of understood that listening as, oh, for going out and listening and, and doing almost the unthinkable uh, in sacrificing your, your, your one son. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's not what it actually says. What it says is for listening to me the second time when I called out to you to tell you not to sacrifice your son, right. not to go through with the Akeda. And I think sometimes the vision is in the listening, mm. is in hearing what's out there and seeing what's out there uh, and trying to understand what the needs are at that moment. And that's where true leadership is, uh, is, is trying to see, you know, as we said, Sarchei Amcha, and trying to lead forward from there. Brilliant. Just wonderful. How do I access the uh, Zoom Why You Going Away party? How do I uh, get access to that? Uh... Oh, you know, I'm going to throw Yoni Cohen under the bus here. I'm sure he'll be able to help you figure that out. It's like he got you parking, you know, for, for the Max basketball game. So. so he's the key. All this time I thought it was you. He's the actual No, key? no, no. He's, he makes it work. Yeah, absolutely. Is that how we know the campus will survive without you? Because people like him are staying behind? Is that the key? Is that the key? Yeah, you know what? It, 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 all joking aside, there is an incredible team of people at uh, at YU, um, and I'm really I couldn't have even contemplated making a move without knowing uh, the the incredible colleagues that I've had there uh, at every level, uh, whether it's uh, you know at the board level, uh, the president, the vice presidents, and all the people I've worked with over the years from operations to student life and enrollment and uh, every single uh, step across the institution, the academics, the leadership. Uh, it's, really been, uh, it's really been a blessing to be able to work with so many talented professionals who have stepped up in amazing ways uh, over time, uh, and especially during the corona times. And um, I-, I will miss them. Uh, I'll miss them deeply, but I'm also heartened by the fact that uh, they're still there and will carry YU forward ever and onward and upward. Uh, well said. And uh, you, you, you're, you're there 16 years. What year? That was 2004. What year did you become senior vice president? I think it was uh, 14. You, you have to have your old friend, President Emeritus Richard Joel on. He, he gets yeah. the history right off. I always mess that up. But I think it was 2014. And, and, you, and you, ser- you served in his office even before 2014 or only from the point you became senior vice president? No, I was I, when I became senior vice president. I sort of stepped away from him. I was uh, chief of staff starting in two thousand six, wow. uh, and then that grew to be vice president in two thousand nine, ten, and uh, senior VP um, uh, in fourteen. Amazing! What a great career. I'll tell you the biggest pro- you. the biggest problem you may have is that. Um, in order to visit you on a regular basis, I'd have to travel the uh, you know 13, 14 miles up the FDR Drive. Now you're going to be about a mile away from the studio, so uh, I I may just get used to the uh, to the uh, pop in at the OU, Rabbi Doctor Josh Wait, Joseph. I, I thought you were offering me a regular spot on the show. I thought I was going to come on. Actually, on and, your uh, on your way to work, if we ever get past this whole COVID thing, on your way to work, that would be a great spot for you to stop by here and. Uh, and make your public statements here at the Nahum Single Network. I'd like that idea. We'll have to talk right. about it. Okay. But remember, I'll check with my people. You check with your people. But remember, you're only going to be a mile away. It's only it's only going to get okay. it's only going to get me there more often. <laughs> Mir Tashem. That's right. Tashem is right. Uh, you're an amazing friend. Uh, brilliant people at the OU making this move. Uh, I, I can't say enough about uh, about how happy we are that this has uh, that this has happened. That September the first, you will be the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at the OU. Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, continued success. We will certainly be in touch.
Thank you so much, and thanks this morning. And uh, best wishes to you and the whole family and everybody there at the Nahum Siegel Network and your family there. Much appreciated. Tuesday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM.